Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you could join us for the last Big Red Bench of 2020. Rory here with you until 7 p.m. tonight. And unfortunately, we're going to be talking a lot about Cork's defeat in the All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship final today. Dublin just proving that little bit too strong for the Rebels. We'll hear from Bossy Fitzgerald in just a bit. We'll hear from his Dublin counterpart, Mick Bowen. And we are going to hear from Dublin players, Lindsay Davey and Noel Healy as well. And Jeremy McCarthy will be along to provide analysis a little bit later on as well. Also to come to the show, we'll look back on the Dubs win last night over Mayo. We'll hear from the managers, Desi Farrell and from James Horan. Um, talk to Garrod Morrissey, Cork City midfielder, about the year that was 2020. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Really glad you could join us here on The Big Red Bench. If you'd like to get in touch, you can text us on 86 You can send that uh, to WhatsApp as well. And we have a competition on the show this evening. We have a €25 Euro voucher to give away with thanks to our friends with Supermax. Visit supermax.ie to tell us or to enter the competition uh, just tell us what the final score was in today's All-Ireland Final between Cork and Dublin. That was the final score in today's All-Ireland Final between Cork and Dublin. Not the result we wanted for Cork, admittedly. But text us your name and the answer to 86 106 and we will announce the winner just before 7 o'clock before we hand you over to Alan Donovan for Green on Red. Just going to wrap up all today's action and as I mentioned disappointment for the Rebels Dublin, the CG Gahar All-Ireland Ladies Football Champions once again with a three-point win over Cork. Cork, no, we're ahead at the break and we're excellent in the first half but a Carlow goal helped the Dubs bridge the gap in the second. Maybe that penalty might have been a little bit soft. I'll talk to Jeremy McCarthy about that in a bit but it is the Dubs' fourth All-Ireland title in a row. Uh, based on the second half performance, definitely the better team today. Congratulations to them but this is a young Cork team and they will be back in the curtain raiser. Mead, Mead beat Westmeath 2.17 to 4.5 in the intermediate final. Full-time report from the senior game, Ashling O'Reilly. Full-time here at Crow Park and it's Dublin who are the All-Ireland senior champions for the fourth year in a row. It finished Cork 1-5, Dublin 1-10. It was Cork who led by three points at the break with a super first-half goal from Cork's Anyo Sullivan. Dublin came out all guns blazing in the second half, dominating possession for the first five minutes. Carla Rowe found herself straight through on goal when she was taken down by the Cork goalie Martina O'Brien. It resulted in a penalty and she fired it low and hard into the bottom left-hand corner to put the Dubs one point ahead. 15 minutes had gone in the clock in the second half before the Rebels managed to get on the scoreboard with a point from play from Kiro Sullivan. It was 1-6 to 1-4 to Dublin at the water break. Substitute Orla Nolan took a massive score to put the Dubs three ahead and Orla Finn responded within the minute and pointed from a free to bring it back to a point, two-point game. Cork lost captain Darren O'Sullivan to a Simbin, which was a massive blow, three points down with three minutes to go. It was Dublin's Carla Rowe who really stood up in the second half, getting 1-3 to her name. It's Dublin who are the All-Ireland Senior Champions for the fourth year in a row. Full-time score here at Crow Park. It's Cork 1-5, Dublin 1-10. 
Yeah, we'll talk to Jeremy McCarthy about that in just a little bit. And we're going to hear from Efi Fitzgerald as well in the next couple of minutes. Very disappointed Cork boss following today's results. In the Premier League, Manchester United are in action against Leeds United. And it's Manchester United who lead by six goals to one. In fact, it's now six goals to two. Leeds have just pulled a goal back. Stuart Dallas there on 73 minutes. But uh, Scott McTominay scoring twice in the opening three minutes. Bruno Fernandes adding a third. Victor Lindelof with a fourth before Liam Cooper pulled one back just before half time for Leeds United. Daniel James with United's fifth and Bruno Fernandes from the penalty spot for the sixth. But as I said, Stuart Dallas has just made it 6 2, 73 minutes gone on the clock there at Old Trafford. If that result stands, no reason to think uh, that it wouldn't. That would put Manchester United up to fourth. Uh, in the Premier League table today so that'll be uh, a big win for the Red Devils uh, uh, at the, in the Premier League in that game at the moment in fact we'll put them to third on goal difference uh, as things stand at the minute elsewhere today defeat for Jose Mourinho's Tottenham side as they were beaten by Leicester at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium Guy Swindles Spurs nil, Leicester 2 and Spurs after that wonderful run have now lost 2 on the spin and Leicester deserved to win this one Vardy gave them the lead just before the break a penalty needlessly given away by Aurier we then had an own goal by the unlucky Alderweireld and in between times Madison controversially a goal ruled out for VAR Spurs forced one fine save from Schmeichel but that was about it Spurs nil Leicester 2 so that's Leicester up to second and they were good today against Spurs and Leicester boss uh, the Leicester boss me Brendan Rodgers says was a satisfying display from the side with a better final pass and a wee bit of finesse we might have scored more unfortunate with the goal that was disallowed as well that the thickness of a of a line on, on the telly looked like but, but no I, I thought over, over the course of the game we were outstanding and uh, yeah, it was a very good win for us so it's the second consecutive Premier League defeat for Spurs today and uh, Jose Mourinho says that Serge Aurier's mistake for the penalty proved costly I have to admit that you have to know where you are you have to know that you are in, inside of the box the player goes away from your own goal without any kind of danger I would describe as as a mistake Elsewhere today, Southampton had a 3-0 win. Uh, or Southampton were in action, excuse me, today, or earlier on this afternoon. Um, well, in fact, they weren't. Apologies for that. It was uh, Brighton and Sheffield United finished one apiece. And Alan Lewis, sorry, lads, brains not working today. It's finished. Brighton won, Sheffield United won. Brighton rescue a point late on and deny Sheffield United a first league win of the season. It looked like it could be a long afternoon for the Blades when John Lundstrom was sent off in the first half. Brighton controlled possession, but Jaden Bogle making his Premier League debut gave Sheffield United a shock lead when his deflected effort found its way past Sanchez. It was then a case of whether they could hold on to the advantage. Webster went close for Brighton. Connolly missed a sitter before Danny Welbeck got the equaliser with just three minutes remaining. They almost, almost won it deep into stoppage time. Relief for Brighton. Heartbreak for Sheffield United. It's Brighton 1, Sheffield United one. Celtic meanwhile have won the Scottish Cup final they've beaten Hearts 4-3 on penalties after they finish up 3-all after extra time Celtic were 2-0 up after half an hour thanks to goals from Ryan Christie uh, but Hearts uh, levelled to 2-2 to force uh, extra time outs on Edward with the other goal for Celtic there as well Lee Griffith uh, put, uh, Griffiths put the hoops ahead in extra time only for Josh Ginley to force penalties Celtic holding their nerve to win 4-3 this was the reaction of a relieved hoops boss Neil Lennon it's been confirmed that's magnificent you know something that will stay with me 
It's the best accomplishment I've done in my career as a football player or a manager. And you can see the weight of expectation on the players today. They got pushed the whole way. And it shows you it's not easy winning games, it's not easy winning trophies. And that's, you know, the 12th one in a row, I'll be ready the League Cup now. I just think the, the weight of it was just so heavy. But it's a great day for the club, I think. And they'll be talking about these guys in 30, 40 years' time. It's just magnificent. It was an emotional roller coaster. You had to do it the hard way. How was it for you on the touchline? All right. And then, <laughs> you know, 2 0 up, I thought we were good in control. And then we felt at half time the next goal would be important. Obviously, Hearts got it. But our reaction to that was good. You know, we had a couple of great chances to go three up. Craig made a couple of great saves, in particular from Hudson. So I thought we were okay. And then our bugbear this season has been set players. And. You know, we haven't dealt with a corner. Um, and you can just see the, the pressure mounting on them, you know, and the anxiety a little bit. And then, you know, we made the subs and Griff, who's just a genius, I think. You know, he gets a lot of criticism. He, he, he is a rascal, but he's a, he's a goal-scoring phenomenon. And I felt, you know, if he had enough time, he'd get us when he did. And then we let ourselves down again. You know, we didn't deal with the set play again. Um, and we made it very hard for ourselves. I think Connor, right, you know, wanted it to go to penalties so he could be the hero. Anyway, you know, they'll talk about him for a long time now. The kid has come in. That's only his third senior game and he's won us the Cup. So it's fantastic for him. I was going to say that a couple of unlikely heroes. I mean, Chris Iyer as well at right back. Fantastic to, to stand up and take that final penalty. Uh, and Connor with well, the two he, saves. He wasn't going to take it. You know, he said, I've got cramp. I said, you're taking it. Because we took them yesterday and his was very good. And I thought, he's got the mentality. I said, look, forget the cramp. You're all right. Go up and just do what you have to do. But I didn't think it would come to, you know, fruition that way. And, you know, when Ryan hits a great penalty and Craig makes a great save, you're thinking, well, we need Hussey to pull something out for us. And he did it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the sum of all parts, really. But your 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 Browns, your Rodgers, your Christie's, your McGregor's, your Griffiths, you know, they are... Unbelievable. Yeah, you can hear it, the relief there in Neil Lennon's voice. It's a fantastic achievement uh, for the Hoops. Uh, another uh, fantastic uh, cup success uh, for Celtic. And uh, you can hear Neil Lennon, he's had a tough time with it recently um, because of their poor form, but you can, you can hear it. Um, so that's the quadruple treble uh, for Celtic an incredible achievement from the hoops and I'm sure Neil Lennon feeling a little bit more relieved um, following uh, today's uh, result uh, it's in rugby as well it is uh, currently uh, Connacht nil Bristol nil 34 minutes gone and that Champions Cup game will keep you posted on that game to Old Trafford we go an update from Peter Smith Manchester United 6 Leeds United 2 the entertainment levels are unabating United made it 5-1 after some brilliant control and a wonderful finish from Daniel James then 6-1 with a penalty kick taken by Bruno Fernandes in a rather unorthodox style but hugely effective this after Martial had been brought down by Sturrick but a goal for Leeds to add respectability to the score and a stunner too from Stuart Dallas who hit the top corner from outside the penalty area. It's Manchester United 6, Leeds United 2. All right, it's two Croke Park. We go to first, and uh, we'll discuss Cork's defeat to Dublin in the TG Carr All-Ireland Ladies Senior Football Championship final. The Dubs making it four in a row as they've beaten Cork by five points today. Joe McCarthy was there for us. Going to hear from him very shortly. First, though, going to hear from a very disappointed Cork boss, Steve Fitzgerald, taught in the Germans. Commiserations, fantastic effort from your team. Was it that third quarter that turned things in Dublin's favour? 
yeah, they put massive pressure on. Um, I suppose they show that level of experience and physicality that they have. They're definitely the strongest team in the country physically. So that was a huge factor. We also, we missed a few chances. Of course, we don't know really few goal chances and. Dublin joined on the line now by Jeremy McCarthy who is in Croke Park Ger, massively disappointing but no doubting Dublin the better side overall over the 60 minutes today Yeah that's about I think that sums it up perfectly Rory um, Cork put in a huge effort really really good effort especially in the first half got off to the best possible start but that Dublin that Dublin team a four in a row winning team they're just they're, they're just a machine the way they came out in the second half um, they got 1-2 uh, was one two or one three without reply? Um, held Cork two points in the second half, and you have to be a very good team to do that. No qualms whatsoever about the outcome, but just disappointment from Cork, especially after such a good first half performance. 
Yeah, because they put a lot into that opening half an hour and they were full value for the lead. Dublin defended deep. Cork were patient. They picked when they to attack and they, they got some very, very good scores. And just whatever happened in the second half, Dublin just pushed up a little bit higher and that little bit more aggressive and it really knocked Cork out of their rhythm. It did, and I think in fairness to Mick Bourne, he got he made a couple of tactical switches. Um, he put Sinead McGoldrick on Orla Finn, and that had the desired effect. He had Laura McGee on Mara Callan, and he moved a couple of players around and identified where Cork were getting the overlaps in the first half, um, and it made a difference. And as I said, like when you score one two without reply, especially at the start of the second half, we were all saying just in the press box that Cork just needed to get a point or two just to keep the scoreboard ticking over. Um, it didn't work out that way. You'd Easter Kane coming up from cornerback. And then there was the penalty incident where Carter was brought down and she tucked away that penalty brilliantly. That just knocked the, the window to Cork sailed a bit at that stage. Then she added a free. And at that stage, then you're playing catch-up. And if you're playing catch-up against this Dublin team, um, there's only ever going to be one outcome. But look, Dublin definitely pressed higher in the second half. They were much smarter. And I just think as well, they did tactical switches they made had the desired effect and that third quarter was a killer for Cork because it was the 44th minute and they nearly went they went between the 27th and the 44 minutes at 17 minutes in all Ireland final without getting a score um, and that just wasn't going to be good enough on the day The penalty for Dublin George mentioned Carla Rowe brought down um, looked soft maybe from what I, from what I was watching uh, That's a polite way of putting it considering some of the robust challenges that went into the end yeah. it wasn't a dirty game by any means um, there was a lot of frustration I think uh, just with some of the refereeing decisions especially when you see Darren O'Sullivan receiving yellow card and a couple of tackles at least two or three tackles from the Dublin side before that not being punished in a similar fashion that was frustrating but I think just when the role was going through and when Martin O'Brien came out to narrow the angle and there was a collision nine times out of ten you're going to get a penalty in, in, in that situation but to be fair had they not scored that penalty, Rory, I still think Dublin would have, gone on, would have gone on to win today. Such was their dominance of the second half all over the pitch. They got the switches right, they got the matchups right, and they just have this ability to go full on for 60 minutes. You cannot let your guard down. You have to keep the scoreboard ticking over, as Cork have found out. And when you don't do that, um, you get punished. And Dublin did a very good job of uh, quieting down that Cork attack. The commentators and TG Cahar mentioning how unusual it was to see Orla Finn being substituted in a game of this magnitude, which shows you how well, uh, uh, good of a job Dublin did. It was, and I think that's testament too to just analysing uh, at half-time just what was going wrong for Dublin. It's one of Bond's biggest um, biggest assets. Like they, they, they don't panic Dublin. That's why they've won so many All-Irons. That's why they've been in so many All-Irons finals. But a word, I think, for the Cork half-back line, Melissa Duggan, Ashley Hutchings and Eric O'Shea, especially Eric O'Shea, not even 18 yet, the McCroom halfback, just into the senior panel this year. She had a fantastic game today. And when they were bombing forward in the first half, Dublin were getting turned over and they were unable to stop the attacks. But that all finished and ended shortly after halftime when it was the likes of Nicole Owens, Carla Rowe, Lindsay Davey and Noel Healy really came into the game. And when they did that, they also got a foothold in midfield that they didn't have in the first half. Mauro Callan and Hannah Looney had, a, had an excellent start. But that halfback then, I think, in the car team deserves mention because they were excellent today and especially Eric O'Shea. For someone so young and her first ever all Ireland final, she played a blinder. Yeah, fantastic stuff indeed. Um, but it's disappointment today, Ger, but this Cork team have done us all proud getting to the final and the way they got there as well and just they deserve an awful lot of credit for that. 
they do. I mean, we didn't even know if there was going to be a ladies' championship this year uh, at the start of the year, as we said. But the fact that they went down to Kerry and beat Kerry, a very good Kerry team in Chile, they put in a fantastic performance against Cavan up in Burr. And after all the shenanigans off the field against Galway, they got the job done in the All-Ireland semi-final. It's a very, very young team. Even just looking down through the squad, the average age at the moment, bar one or two players, like most of the players are in their early 20s. I mean, I'm looking at, um, like you're thinking of, uh, sorry, uh, Imer Meany, cornerback, Thorne Abbey, she's 23. Shauna Kelly's only 26 from Aragon. Aragon Desmond's Bree. Melissa Duggan is 24. The two Kylie from Valley Rovers, 21. Um, Eric O'Shea, as I said, is just 18. Like the age profile of the team and the people that came off the bench as well today, the likes of Clive O'Leary, the likes of um, Niamh Cotter, they're still in, in their early 20s. This Cork team, and when you also consider the players that weren't present today. Emma Spillane didn't play this year. Emma Scally didn't play this year. There's an awful lot to come from this Cork team. Um, not just at senior, but at the underage levels as well. The the building blocks are in place. There is a, a, an opportunity to, to build on this season. Definitely this most unusual of seasons. But at the same time, it won't hide the disappointment of an All-Ireland final defeat, nor should it. But look, the future is very, very bright in Cork football. It's something that if you could start alluded to after the game, he was very, very disappointed, as you'd expect. But he can see what's coming through. Um, like there was 30 players named today. The eight players that, he did get, that weren't part of that, they'd walk onto any inter-county team in the country. So look, Cork have lost today. It's hugely disappointing. But they will certainly be back as early as 2021, I reckon. All right, John. Thanks very much indeed for that and safe trip home. Thanks, That's Joe McCarthy who's been sterling work covering ladies football for us on the ladies football podcast and had matches over the last couple of months so thanks indeed to Ger uh, for all that and just disappointment I suppose for the Rebels today and as Ger said look they will be back and Ger reckons they'll be back next year so fingers crossed indeed for that uh, Manchester United still leading Leeds by six goals to two it's time added on there at Old Trafford West Brom and Aston Villa is the late kickoff uh, tonight all right, more reaction from Croke Park. Going to hear from Dubs boss Mick Bowen. Not really, no. It's going to be a step up whether you know, that's in the, in the army, but we've seen that over her develop over the last season or two where she, she's just become a leader in the group. And for yourself in the group, the four in a row has been achieved now and uh, some girls have won their fifth dollar medal out, out there today. The, the good times are really rolling at the moment. Yeah, it's, the head it's, for a couple of years. it's incredible. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's like, I mean, I know we probably get thrown in on the back of the lads' success a little bit. Uh, but, uh, and I'm sure people looking at, in from the outside, that great probably a little bit. But ultimately, you know, Dublin have won five All-Irelands ladies football in their history. Uh, just happens that this group mm. have set the standards. And that's obviously terrific. I think what drove them to, to that situation was the beatings. Because uh, there, there's certainly something about those days that as long as they play together, they know never forget um, and obviously on the back of the lads last night in an empty stadium it's kind of surreal but there's a massive satisfaction in being successful this year because so many of us all of us in our own lives and then obviously and on, onto that a sporting life where so many challenges are thrown at you I just think it would be something in time to come that they sit back and reflect on and see as one of the one of the greatest achievements that's yeah, Mick Bowen there Dubs boss speaking after today's win Cork uh, going to hear now from a uh, player Lindsay Davy speaking after uh, today's win Lindsay Davy fifth All-Ireland medal expected the battles from Cork you got it but how do you explain the turnaround in the second half from the team um, so I think we were very frustrated at half time just, we just weren't clinical and execute our, 
our scores like um, just a lack of composure I think we had three scores out of 12, a total of 12 so like we knew we were getting the chances we just weren't taking them we knew the second half we just had to go back compose ourselves and I think we just upped ante in the second half and it just it's a credit to the girls just their work rate their tempo and intensity it was fantastic and so we've been on one hell of a journey and it's fantastic just to get across the line today I'm just so proud of everyone like it's brilliant and one hell of a coolly executed penalty by Carla Rowe as well it was a pressure kick she took it well oh absolutely and look she, she's the exact same in the semi-final I know her composure is just fantastic she had a great penalty in the second half in, against Arma and the exact same thing today so it was amazing Lindsay the character of the t- <laughs> The character, no, the character of the team was questioned against Armagh, you know, the way they came back out, scored you in the first half and all that. Then again today, when the questions are asked, the players find the answers on the field. Yeah, like, I think you just can't be playing with emotion. We knew we had the talent within the squad that we just had to go back and do the simple things well and execute our scores. Um, and then I think when we just start playing the ball around more and just playing with a bit more composure, thankfully the scores were coming. Like I said, we had people stepping up, like Goldie and Carla just slotting those scores, which is what we need. But I think that's something we've been working on throughout the game like throughout the past couple of seasons it's just when we're in control controlling and doing the simple things really well and you got enough of a contribution from Sinead O'Hearn on the day as well before she had to go off yeah really like look it was even a risk with Sinead that she'd be available for today um, but look she's a fantastic leader and we've lost it later but I just think it's an absolute credit to the whole management team it's just such an amazing thing to be a part of um, and just proud of everyone else today was just, yeah. this one was all about the team today finally for me you sat down just below us here last year after the final defeat of Galway Nicholson oh she'll come back she'll come back you did come back All-Ireland medal number 5 achieved today tell us about the personal sense of satisfaction in that one uh, Lindsay just it's amazing like, this will be my 10th All-Ireland final and you know to last 5 I think at one stage I was like uh, last 5 won 1 so to turn around today and to have won 5 it's just unbelievable um, I'm just you know, I take great pride in playing with Dublin and to still be contributing is fantastic and just I think this was a special one today with the team like obviously it's a bit different not having the families um, here but like I said this was all about this was all about the players and the management today and um, we were just delighted to get over the line and Lindsay when you went in at half time you're three points down what was it exactly the mix said we could just came out like a different team in the second half yeah we just were talking we're like we knew like we were getting the opportunities we just weren't executing them so we knew in the second half we just right we need to play with a bit more composure um, I think Chelsea were doing quite well I know they got in for a goal but I think after that we tightened things up um, but we knew in the forward line we just needed to work harder and we just needed more composure and thankfully we did that um, and once I think we got the, the scores popping over we just kept the pressure on and I think just the work rate from everyone just the intensity and the tempo was just fantastic was it the third quarter that turned it your way in the end pardon third quarter that turned it your way in the end because you really upped it immediately after the second half yeah I think once we I think once we got a couple of scores we just you know <laughs> sorry I think once uh, the third quarter when we got ahead then it was just all about controlling it where does this rank out of all the achievements in your career look we've had fantastic battles I think every uh, final is special in its own right but I think especially for us with Cork we've had fantastic battles with them over the years um, so I think just uh, to finally you know I know we beat them two years ago but it was a special one today just with the rivalries we have in the past so I think any day you beat Cork is always a good day 
The Big Red Bench on Cork Red FM. That's Lindsay Davy there of Dublin speaking after today's win over Cork. One ten to one five is how it finished in the end. Unfortunately, no All Ireland title for the Rebels, but they've done us all proud. Certainly, weird having an All Ireland final five days before Christmas. Um, don't think anyone's going to be sorry to see the back of twenty twenty. So hopefully, the Rebels will be back in twenty twenty one. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, more reaction from Crow Park. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Just a reminder of our competition. We have a €25 voucher to give away to Supermax. Thanks indeed to Supermax. You can visit supermax.ie. All you have to do to enter is text your name to 086-8104-106. You can send us a WhatsApp as well. And tell us, what was the final score in Croke Park today? As Dublin beat Cork. What was the final score? Text 086-8104-106. And we'll draw the winner just before 7pm. Alan Donovan's here with three hours of the best in Irish music from 7 until 10 with green on red all over at Old Trafford Peter Smith Manchester United 6 Leeds United 2 Scott McTominay hit 2 inside the first 3 minutes Bruno Fernandes angle drive made it 3 before Victor Lindelof tapped him from short range following a corner routine Liam Cooper headed one bank for Leeds ahead of half time before further strikes from Daniel James and the Fernandes penalty after Struwich impeded Martial made it 6-1 Stuart Dallas rounded off the scoring with a 20 yard stunner Manchester United 6 Leeds United 2 so that is Manchester United up to third in the Premier League table. If they win their game in hand, they would go uh, two points behind uh, the leaders, Liverpool. So United uh, looking good uh, as things stand at the moment and today's result doing uh, well for their goal difference as well. The day kick-off tonight as well is at quarter past seven this evening and it is West Brom against Aston Villa. Dave Eason is at the Hawthorns. Another mission impossible for Sam Allardyce back where his coaching career began in 1989. But can he get West Brom out of the mire and can he kick off with a derby win over Villa? He's still without the suspended Mateus Pereira plus the injured Bartley, Townsend and Robson Carnu. While Villa are suffering key injuries themselves and just haven't looked the same without the injured Ross Barkley who is close to a return but Trezeguet and Wesley are out as Dean Smith relies on Grealish and Watkins for goal. At the Hawthorns, it's West Brom against Aston Villa. Yeah, big Sam back in action uh, tonight, back in a dugout tonight after uh, leaving Everton two years ago. Uh, a big, big job ahead of him though as uh, he tries to get West Brom out of the relegation zone. They're currently second from bottom with just seven points from 13 games, three points off safety as things stand. So a big, big job for Sam Allardyce to get the baggies uh, to Premier League safety this season. Right, one final interview from Croke Park on the hear from Dublin's Noel Healy. Emotions like that, yeah. Uh, all over the place. Um, yeah, just top of the top of the moon, the world. Um, delighted. Yeah, it was. Jeez, it was a tough match. Um, they got off to such a, a strong start. Phenomenal start. Their, their first half was brilliant. They smothered us. They rushed us. They really um, put us under a lot of pressure. Um, and just going in half time, we just settled ourselves. Um, I suppose just looked at kind of the simple things that we could fix just took a deep breath and went in and we knew there'd be hard work that got us back in there and I think that's you know from the, from the full forward line out we just worked really hard turned the ball over um, pressed their kick outs and thankfully got a you know we got one or two goal opportunities from it that we probably should have done better with which we were disappointed with but look <laughs> delighted yeah like first half you were creating chances you went close to the goal yourself second half you seem to be a bit more settled on the ball and stuff yeah I think um, I don't know look you can have all the experience in the world and sometimes just for the first five minutes in an all-around final are still going to be kind of you know nerve-wracking particularly a different environment um, they probably settled a little bit quicker 
quicker than we did. We probably panicked trying to force the goal um, slightly uh, rather than just making the, the, the scoreboard um, tick over. Um, yeah, look, <laughs> yeah, disappointed not to get the goal opportunity, but um, look, delighted to have kind of just had a very good kind of first 15 minutes when we came out, um, which you know made all the difference. What was said at halftime? Sorry, what was said at halftime? Um, look, we just um, set ourselves into our kind of half, our backs and our forwards units, and we just picked out the things that we needed to fix. Um, and you know it was it was all very calm we knew that we were creating the opportunities we had the possession we just needed to settle um, so it was just a matter of kind of taking it down taking I suppose the, the, the panic down a kind of notch or two and then bringing our own intensity up a little bit and just settling and you know that was it Just one more for me sorry from your time playing at Cork where you were very successful you got the challenge you expected from Cork today was this the toughest one all year? Um, yeah absolutely look we've you know we've had a really tough challenge between Donegal Armagh um, Waterford as well have run us you know, really close. They're fantastic forward units, um, but yeah, look, just the physicality, the, the speed, the tactician that you know, um, Efi and, and his management have are just phenomenal. Um, you know, the hits are put in, the, the speed of the game. It was definitely, it's always a really enjoyable final when you play against Cork. No matter what side you come out on, you're probably always kind of proud to have, to have taken part in such a spectacle. We were very disappointed, I suppose, with the performance we had put in last year. Um, so we were happy to have gotten over the line and to kind of put on a good performance. Um, this year. That's Noel Healy there speaking after uh, Dublin turning an excellent second half performance today to defeat Cork 110-215 the TG Carra All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship final in the curtain raiser Meath defeated Westmeath by six points. Ashton O'Reilly watch that one. What a game of football it's Meath who are the All-Ireland Ladies Intermediate Champions for 2020. Full-time score Meath 217 Westmeath 4-5. It's very much third time lucky for Meath as they had a lot of heartache from losing the last two All-Ireland and finals and it was Mead who led by two points at the break goals in the first half from Vicky Wall and Bridgetta Lynch within the first few minutes of the second half West Mead's Fiona Claffey was fouled by Emma Troy inside the square and it was resulted in a penalty that Leona Archibald absolutely drilled home to put West Mead ahead by one Further points for the Royals, Emma Duggan and Stacey Grimes put Mead back in the lead. But Anna Jones kept the lakeside in it to put West Mead one ahead. The Royals cornerback, Emma Troy, quickly responded and levelled the game again. West Mead, Joanna Mart was lost to a yellow card and that was a huge loss so late in the game. Mead's 18-year-old Emma Duggan took a super free from the 40-yard line just before the water break to put Mead two points up and she finished the game with seven points. It was the Royals' Vicky Wall who came away with the woman of the match performance with 1-3 to her name. It's Mead who are the All-Ireland Intermediate Champions for 2020. Full-time score here at Crow Park. It's Mead 2-17, West Mead 4-5. Yeah, cracking game in the curtain raiser. This is Mead, Captain Morrow Shocknessy. Moira, you must be absolutely delighted. You finally walked the stand there in the Hogan stand and you lifted the cup. How do you feel? Oh, I just, my cheeks are killing me from smiling. I haven't been able to stop smiling. Oh, I can't. I just can't. I'm so emotional. I can't describe the feeling. Um, I'm just so, so happy. This is just something we've worked so hard for. And I think just the year that's in it as well. Um, you know, we like like everyone, we had to overcome things as individuals and as a team. And we worked so hard here today. And it's more the performance I'm just so proud of. They just never gave up. And, you know, a lot of teams, I think, with three early goals like that would just pack in the tail and say it's not our day. But I just knew those girls just wouldn't. Um, 
they are just an incredible bunch of players and they are just so um, so dedicated and so motivated and they just work their socks off and I'm just so proud of them I can see the emotion there's tears in your eyes and it just means everything for you as you started to make your speech you know it was tough to nearly get the words out you have two years of upsets you know you came here you lost the last two All-Irelands and finally to get over the line now it just means everything I'm sure it is just yeah the best feeling in the world um, you know like GAs on those sports you just give so much of your life to it and you sacrifice so much for it and you really care about it you know that kind of way um, and it's just it was more just I just didn't want the girls to to feel what they, they felt the last two years so I'm just I'm just delighted we came away with the win yeah and in the first half there was goals from Vicky Wall, Brigetta Lynch and then Westmead responded straight away and they put up a great score I think it was five goals in total in the first half yeah like I obviously like I have no idea what it was like to, to watch as a match but I'd imagine it was a great spectacle and um, Westmead they're a serious side and you know they weren't phased by our scores and we weren't too phased by their scores and yeah I think it was just a real tough battle out there and um yeah, it was just the team. Like, like, like you said, there were so many players who contributed to the scoreboard, and, and that's that's us as a team. We just everyone stands up when they need to, and uh, yeah, very proud. <laughs> and so next year, now you're going to be up in senior where you want to be. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that that's that's it. You know, there's no point winning all Ireland if you're not ready for the challenge that lies ahead of you. So, um, yeah, no, we are. We've, like I said, like in, in interviews before this match, like we we played Division Two league and came up against senior teams and. We really did get confidence from them um, and we enjoyed playing that kind of football, that fast, that hard-hitting football, um, you know, and we kind of just, we really knew that it was right time for us to go up to senior, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, we won here today and got our ticket up to senior. And you'll enjoy the celebrations now, it really is stuff of dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, well look, obviously, you know, um, we have to come back down to reality and there is um, a global pandemic at the moment so you know we, we, we are aware of that but we'll celebrate in whatever way we can within the restrictions and uh, look just this feeling alone is is the best and uh, we're grateful to be able to have this Thanks Moira thanks so much Yeah emotional stuff there for Moira Shot to see the Mead captain after their six point win over West Mead in the intermediate final today in the curtain racer at Croke Park in the Champions Cup 46 minutes on the clock and it is Bristol Hilly Connacht by five points to three. He's going to look back on last night's All-Ireland uh, football final, men's final. It was Dublin defeated Mayo. Um, decent enough game, I suppose. Just Dublin, just that bit stronger, that bit more clinical, that bit more ruthlessly efficient down the stretch uh, than Mayo. Going to hear from Mayo boss James Horan in a bit. But first, going to hear from the Dubs boss, Desi Farrell. Desi, uh, you're 25 years on from winning it yourself, you've won it as a manager. You've joined a very exclusive group of managers to win all the major age grades. Is the feeling one of relief as much as euphoria, considering all the focus and the pressure? Um, I think uh, I'm just thrilled. Uh, thrilled for the players in the main and, and their families. Obviously, it's uh, it's been a very different year and families couldn't be with us. And uh, We spoke about it earlier during the week about dedicating this uh, game and this victory in the aftermath to uh, the families, you know, because they're the ones who've nurtured and minded and cajoled and supported uh, the players to be in this position uh, tonight and it was unfortunate they couldn't be here and also you know it's, it's worthy to mention um, the families in general in this country this year has been a tough year and for all those who've lost loved ones we remember them tonight too and, and we just hope that there's better days ahead for everybody you've had so many well Dublin have had so many tight encounters with Mayo over the last couple of years um, 
How do you put your finger on that fourth quarter in particular and how it was you were able to, to pull away and have perhaps not a comfort, comfortable couple of final minutes but a, a little bit of space between yourselves? Yeah, I can tell you it was far from comfortable on the sideline. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, we knew they were going to go toe-to-toe with us and um, and uh, the level of intensity they brought was no surprise, but it, it was difficult to match and encounter, and particularly where we'd been coming from um, and the trajectory we were on, probably this was a big, big step up um, from previous games that we've had and uh, we knew how great the challenge was going to be. For me, I think the important 10 minutes was just after half-time when we managed our way through that black card that, that Robbie picked up and uh, and uh, I think that gave us a platform to kick on from then. What does this mean for you from a, a personal point of view? You dedicated so much of your life to Dublin GAA. I know it's ultimately you'll you'll try and push it back on the players, but a, a tremendously proud day for you and you know, particularly in light of what focus is always on the Dublin manager, irrespective of how Dublin are doing. Sure, yeah, and look, at I don't I don't think about it in those terms. Um, obviously, I know some of these players since they were 12, 13 years of age haven't coached them through development squad, so it was brilliant to be reunited with them uh, this season, many of them. Um, but, you know, huge credit goes to the players, um, the previous management team, Jim, and, and his uh, selectors at the time, back to Pat Gilroy's time, you know, which is probably a pivotal time for, for Dublin over the last decade as well, and just... You know, all, all the coaches and mentors and teachers who've, who've helped along the way, um, uh, they're a special bunch of players and they deserve, deserve great credit for their dedication and application. Just the last one for me, how important do you think it is or do you have any concerns that they won't get the respect they deserve for the achievement in light of so many renewed conversations around funding and everything else, the, the, the margin of wins that you've had? You see firsthand the work and sacrifices that go into this. Yeah, and uh, you know, look at the players by their nature will just get on with it but um, it's probably easier for me to say it on their behalf but uh, yeah I think some of that narrative in certain circles uh, does these players a disservice you know that's the essence of sport and great teams you know they're they do things in a different way and that's what makes them so special you know and um, and I've seen it up close and first hand this season and um, you know um, they're a great bunch for sure and in the space of nine years from that All Ireland loss here to Tipperary the minor loss moving through to the 21s and, and winning today the, the sense of personal satisfaction of being involved in that journey and the development of these players as well Desi ultimately winning the six in a row tonight Look, it's, it's a great honour to be involved with Dublin football at whatever level is. That's under 13 development squads right through to this and, and obviously having played um, myself way back in the day, it's, um, it's, 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 it's fantastic to be on the sideline and coaching uh, such a special group. Um, but again, it's, you know, I put it back to the players and, and to their families and um, it's a joint effort and everyone makes a massive contribution to, to get to players to this stage and to be able to perform like to do on a night like this. It's a victory you're going to savour in this most strangest of years as well and Santa Claus coming next week, some would say he's come already with Sam back again. Yeah, it's it's all very surreal and um, of course you know it's been a long year and the players deserve a big break now at this stage. I'm not sure how long they're going to get to be honest with uh, uh, next year's National League looming but, but they'll enjoy Christmas and um, you know it's it's difficult to celebrate given given the circumstances we're in so everyone will do the right thing and um, you know we'll all keep ourselves safe and uh, 
and maybe uh, there's better days ahead for that type of thing. Please, congratulations, Desi. With the uh, my own kick out, like your own kick out, my obviously had you under big pressure with that. What were you? What was the discussion on the sideline about? I haven't. I can't remember again where Dublin were under so much pressure from the kick out. What were you discussing at that point? Yeah, it, look at it. It was just trying to get them off. You know, um, it was. Um, they, they were. They were very committed to that high press and it, w- it was working very well for them. We, we were still getting them out, but under pressure to get them out for sure. And um, uh, we, kn- we knew it was going to be like that coming in by the very nature of the way they play. So, uh, look, at, we were thankful to get through it in the end. Tom was saying there that you were at halftime, you were very driven and discussing about trying to drive it home in the third quarter and make the uh, make the dominance count as much as it could. Were you concerned at that point that it wasn't like it didn't kick in really until the final quarter? Well, I, I don't think it was going to kick in in that quarter because we were obviously had a black card and down to 14 men. So um, I think that quarter was just about managing our way through it and uh, and trying to hold on to the lead that we had um, at half time. Uh, I think we did that and then that provided us with the platform to drive on. That's Desi Farrell there speaking after uh, winning the All-Ireland last night, uh, winning now as a manager, uh, following his win as a player. So an incredible achievement uh, from Desi. This is his Mayo counterpart, James Horn. Game's initial response, initial reaction? Uh, d- disappointed, um, obviously. Um, we, we did a lot of things right. We were still in it with, with maybe 12, 30 minutes to go. Um, we ran out of maybe juice a little bit and... and, and um, Bit loose with some some of the possession at key times, and it, it cost us. And Dublin got very got stronger and stronger as the game went on. And some of their subs made a big, big difference. And, and uh, look, they ran they ran out winners in the end. I, I just think you know we didn't. I suppose maybe maybe we didn't get the impact that we, that we like from 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 some of the guys coming on or or, or whatever it was. Um, but. Um, yeah, looked at as I said, Brian Howard when he came on, Paul Manuel when he came on, some of those subs when they came on, they, had, they, they won a lot of primary possession on us. You know, they were they were they were um, they were dangerous. So, so that had a big impact on the game. I felt Dublin were a goal threat from multiple fronts and at, at any time. So it's it, it, it's hard to keep up. The first goal was obviously very very early, but I thought our response and uh, and our composure in the first half I thought was very good. I, I thought we, we you know on our kickouts and opposition kickouts we did we did very well. And got some good scores. Missed a few ones where through fell short of the goalie's hands, and they're killer. Um, but, but overall, our response to, to, the, to those goals was was, was was very good. So so um, yeah, lots of stuff good there. But as I said, just felt we were we, we had a lot of possession, um, and, and some of it we, we lost very cheaply, and and um, that 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 cost you in the end. Did it look in the second half as if it was just slowly creeping away from the yard? Did you feel that it was it was really there for you? Oh, yeah, I going into the last quarter it was definitely I don't know if it was a point point in it or, or, or whatever at that stage um, you know we made a few good plays just before the break and yeah we were, we were, we were looking in a strong position but, but the Dublin were very good in the last quarter and, and, and controlled it very well we had a few rush shots um, there's a couple of balls bounced in the middle that we could have could have got um, they got them and, and you know that was, that was ultimately the difference What can you take from today and from the season overall? A huge amount, um, huge amount from the season. Um, you know, you saw the performance of Ryan O'Donoghue and Nushin Mullen today, and you know we've had Owen O'Donoghue or and um, Owen McLaughlin, Tommy Conroy, Jack Coyne as well as pushing. So, so there's an awful lot of guys that are uh, Jordan Flynn came out today, an awful lot of guys that have learned a huge amount in a, a short space of time, and 
this next year's season happens comes very quickly, so so they'll we'll have to move on very quickly. How big a loss was Paddy Dockerden? A huge, huge, huge loss. Just to the first ball he went for, just just felt something in the squad, and um, just couldn't 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 run after that. So just uh, yeah, it was unfortunate. Yeah, it's my boss James Horn there. You can hear the disappointment in his voice coming up just short against the dubs. Can anybody stop them next year? That's the big question. Fingers crossed because I'm sick of Dublin winning the All Ireland football title. Can someone else please do it? Um, I have to say congratulations to them, I guess. Or do you? I don't know. It's Christmas. We will. Congratulations to Dublin. Uh, right. Uh, going to have team news uh, from the evening kickoff in the Premier League. Dave Eason is at the Hawthorns for Sam Allardyce's first game in charge of West Brom. Sam Allardyce has described his new job here at West Brom as as big as the task he had at Sunderland, but his first team is unchanged from Slavin Bilic's final one. They got a point at Man City in midweek. Villa make two changes on Derby Day with El Mohamedi and Nakamba dropping to the bench in Kamati Cash and Douglas Louise to try and spoil Big Sam's day. At the Hawthorns, it's West Brom against Aston Villa. That is a quarter past seven kickoff this evening. Manchester United, if you missed it, have had a 6-2 win over Leeds United. That puts them up to third place uh, with the game in hand. Uh, so if they win that game in hand, they will go uh, two points within within two points of leaders Liverpool. So United certainly motoring along nicely. I think it's 19 of 21 uh, points they've gotten in their last seven games. So going very, very well indeed at the moment for the Red Devils, that Champions League exit aside. Alright, just thrown off the show on our last show for 2020 as well. I recently got a chance to speak to Cork City midfielder Garrod Morrissey about the year that was 2020. Now this was recorded before the announcement earlier on in the week that uh, Grovemore were um, not going to take up their option to purchase the club after failing to reach an agreement with the MFA about a long-term lease on Turner's Cross I'm sure more uh, on that will develop uh, later on in the week Arrow has since been linked with a move uh, to uh, Waterford United uh, with Cork City's uh, future for 2021 uh, looking like um, they'll be going fully amateur unless there's a resolution um, in the next couple of weeks but this is my chat uh, with Garrod Morrissey I'm going to play a little bit of it now and we'll play the rest of it in uh, two weeks time we're going to be back um, on the uh, 2nd and 3rd of January with kind of um, look back on 2020 and some of our favourite interviews and all that and this uh, interview with Garrod will be played in full then but uh, here's just a little bit of a preview ahead of that all right, joined on the line now by Cork City's Garrod Morrissey to talk about what was, I suppose, a disappointing year, but still promise for the future going ahead into 2021. Uh, Garrod, first off, thanks very much for talking to us on the Big Red Bench. Yeah, no problem, or anytime. Thanks for having me. Garrod, I suppose, as I said in the intro, it's, it was a massively disappointing season, I guess. Um, how would you kind of sum up and look back on it? Um, yeah, I think uh, I think you you said it right there. It was just massively disappointing for everybody, um, you know, for the, the club we are, and, and hope this is such a great club, and how big the club is, and the support the club has to go from where we were to where we are um, in such a quick time. It's um, it's extremely disappointing, and it's disheartening, you know. But um, the only the only thing is, I think um, you know, if all if all goes the way it seems to be going, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It could be. Um, it could be a really good few years, you know, if uh, if it all goes to plan. Yeah, and the takeover that is, kind of, I suppose, happening in the in the background at the moment. Um, it's not gone through yet, but you'd be hopeful it would happen at least this side before Christmas. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, look, like as players, we don't really, we're not really involved in all of it. We're just we kind of get the word off, you know, the manager, which is uh, Colin at the moment, and we 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 look to him, and he, he might 
if he hears something, he might pass it on to the lads. And um, uh, that's where we are at the moment. So we don't really know much, but uh, we'd be hopeful that something will, will be done. And, and like you said, like as players, you know, we were, um, you know, you look before Christmas, mm. especially, you're looking to secure your future and know what you're doing and um, and, and where you're going to be. So uh, that's, that's where we are at the moment. So look, fingers crossed. And it all seems to be... Uh, you know, going going to going the way it should go, and um, probably not as quick as everyone would have hoped, and um, that's just that's just the way it is. And uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, something comes out, and it's um, you know the uh, the takeover happens the way the way it should. On the field, I suppose there was a lot of optimism, optimism hitting into the start of the year. Then COVID hits and it massively disrupts everything. I'm not saying that COVID was entirely to blame for the season that you had, but it had a massive part in, to play in it. I'd imagine. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, when we were building, you know, we when we all first got together with uh, Neil and Joe and, uh, you know, we got the squad together and we were we were building and um, I think we, we uh, our fourth game in, we, we kind of clicked, we beat Harps and, and then I think Pats was a better performance. We, we ended up losing the Pats away, but it was a better performance and we were building um, and then COVID hits and the uh, same, you know, for everybody, it just went, um, it, it went, uh, Array, like, and, and that's just that's just how it is for everybody. Every business, you know, there was there was nobody who didn't suffer. So, um, we're not different. And it was in terms of momentum and keeping focus, you know, um, in terms of sports and that, you, your focus is crucial. Like, and you know, you do lose it when you're when you're there's so much uncertainty, and then um, you don't know what you're doing. And in fairness to Joe Gamble, truly, and and Neil Fenn, they were very good with us in terms of programs and stuff. You know, they they tried to manage it best they could. Uh, but like you said, um, it was extremely difficult because. As a as a player, you know, yeah, and as I suppose uh, an SNC when when your SNC coach is giving you uh, a program to do, there's, there's a goal at the end of it. But when there was no goal, you, you tend to lose focus, and you kind of you're training you're, you're training in, in lead up to to a game and competition, but there was none there was none in sight, you know. So it was extremely difficult, and um, uh, yeah, the same for everyone, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then when you did the league, I suppose it reduced from three rounds of games to two rounds of games it's a hard league to pick up points in as you know but when you're at the wrong end of the table uh, that makes it even harder to, I suppose to, to try and stay up Exactly yeah you know we finished there after the you know we should have, we should have had a, a heap of games left um, to try and put it right you know and, and um, you know I know it's easy to say I know that said, said and done and uh, we didn't come out the right end but um, I'd be I would have been confident that with the way with the way it was going the last few weeks, we, we were putting in a shift and we were training extremely hard. And I think with the way it was going, we we could have possibly turned it around, you know. Um, but look, that's that's something to say looking back at it and uh, who's to know what was to be. But it was that was taking away all those games that we were potentially supposed to play. I think that was um, uh, ex- ex- uh, hugely detrimental to us, you know. That's Cork City's Gerald Morrissey there looking back on the year that was uh, 2020 and as I mentioned recorded before the news that uh, Grovemore announced that they would not be pursuing uh, their purchase option for the club after failing to reach an agreement with the MFA over a long term lease of Turner's Cross. You could hear Gerald when I mentioned that he was hopeful that the takeover would happen because he wanted to secure everything. He has now been linked with a move to Waterford so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with both Gerald I suppose and, and, and the club as well so very very uncertain time for Cork City at the moment 
and uh, plans afoot uh, to uh, to proceed. But it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, there and uh, what happens in the next couple of weeks. All right, that's pretty much it from our last show for uh, 2020. I'd like to thank you all for listening to us across the year. It has been a strange year, a weird year, a bizarre year. Thank God it's over. Uh, it's been a disappointing year for Cork uh, on the GAA front, and fingers crossed uh, with that can be uh, remedied in 2021 um, but it's uh, been a long year and we're nearly at the end of it folks and fingers crossed 2021 will be far better for all of us um, going forward um, we're back in two weeks time we'll be doing our uh, look back on 2020 uh, we'll be playing some of our favourite interviews from the year and uh, maybe looking ahead to 2021 as well that'll be on the 2nd and 3rd of January with myself and Valerie Wheeler so be sure to tune in for that the winner of our Supermax competition is Miriam O'Connell from Blarney who correctly told us that Dublin unfortunately won 110 to 15 today in Croke Park so you've won a 25 euro voucher for Supermax uh, so thanks very much indeed for entering our competition this evening and thank you to Supermax as well that's it from us podcast online shortly you can get that on redfm.ie redextra.ie don't forget to follow us on twitter at Big Red Bench Alan Donovan's up next with Green and Red three hours of the best Irish music coming your way right here on Cork's Red FM all that's left for me to say is have a very very nice Christmas uh, stay safe wash your hands and uh, we'll talk to you in 2021 The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM